0: Welcome to the Everyday Novelist. My name is J. Daniel Sawyer, author of nearly 30 books, more than 30 short stories, and numerous articles and scripts and essays, coming to you from up in the crow's nest with my spyglass on this daily voyage through the dicey waters of business, craft, learning, and art in the writing life. Today on our unedited, unexpurgated, unrehearsed, moving week episodes, or two weeks of episodes, or whatever they are. Mm-hmm. Moving month. Moving month. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. God, we've Moving got a lot here. to do when we get out there. I really hope we get the electricity up quickly, though. That's <laughs> going to be the biggest first difficult thing is getting the solar system deployed. Anyway, uh, we have a one final question before we pack up and ship out, and it's from JR, who asks... Can you
1: give any advice on balancing world building, plot, and characterization?
0: Hmm, are they different things? That's the question. They can be. It depends on how you execute. You are a uh, <laughs> quite the uh, quite the reader and the editor in this uh, relationship. Hmm. Um, what do you like to see? What do I do? What do other writers that you love do? And Let's start kicking it back and forth.
1: Oh, I don't want to pretend to be an authority figure on this.
0: Um, You don't have to pretend.
1: (laughs) I want to say that it really depends on the story. Door. If, if you're losing your readers, then something is out of balance. Um, mm,
0: either that or you're not uh, tying them up and putting them in the basement properly with a good filing system. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, That's what? the only real way to hang on to readers. <laughs> Which reminds me, we need to dig a basement when we get out there. Oh, okay. To file all the readers in. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. It's late, I'm punchy, I've been packing all day. Anyway, back to what you were saying, uh, losing your readers.
1: Yes, If if you are losing your readers and something is out of balance, Um, and um, it seems to me that those things go out of balance when a writer is shoring up their weaknesses in one or the other by focusing on the thing that they are comfortable with, whether that is the world building, the plot, and the char- or the characterization. And I, I, f- I feel like, um, the gamer writers mm-hmm. tend to focus on the world building.
0: Oh, that's true, they do. Okay. Um,
1: and, uh... I feel like people who are really into mysteries tend to focus on the plot. And then um, people who focus on character and, and dialogue, if, if you're over-focused on the characterization, it's, it often feels like you're um, dialing up the quirkiness of the characters instead of writing characters Motivations into the story.
0: Well, it's not just bad characterization, though, rather than focusing too much on characterization?
1: I would think that focusing too much on characterization to the extent to the story is that the characterization doesn't move the story.
0: Hmm. Okay. I'd, I'd attack it, I, I don't think you're wrong, but it's a different angle than I'd attack it from. Oh. Okay. Um, so you. There are different types of stories, and you get, and they're led by different ones of these elements, like mm-hmm. uh, sort like Tolkien led with world building, mm-hmm. and his characterization and plot did not suffer because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would say probably Frank Herbert did as well. Yeah. Um, these are the world builders' novels. The world is so complete that the plot and characterization are direct consequences of the nature of the world. Yes. Um, someone who is a plot-led writer would be like uh, Tom Clancy. Mm. Um, The plot dominates everything and the world-building and the characterization are consequences. Though in Clancy's case, because he writes techno-thrillers, the world-building is kind of taken for granted or Mm -hmm. the world itself is taken for granted and the world-building is a central feature. But it's the plot that drives his books and makes them so um, addictive. And... You can really see this in the difference between his first two novels, Hunt for Red October and Patriot Games. Hunt for Red October, the world building, is everything. And the plot is good enough to make you hang on through the world building, but the world building swamps. And it's not a very well-written book, mm-hmm. even though it's a fantastic story. And the characterization is very much an afterthought. But starting with Patriot Games, the plot is central and the characterization um, and it drives characterization and world-building both. And then your character-led stories. I would suppose, I suspect, I suppose uh, Raymond Chandler is a really good example of an, of an author who leads with characterization almost to the exclusion of everything else. The plot unfolds as a result of his character's quirks, the world-building happens as a result of the chance encounters his characters have along the way. They're completely character-driven stories. Mm-hmm. Um, with all three of those examples, the as well as people like, um, say, one of the reasons that I like Heinlein so much is that his um, plot, he's a character-led author, who does also idea-driven stories, but Asimov did more pure idea-driven stories than Heinlein. Heinlein sets the, um, he, set, he does the world-building and the plot through the eyes of the character, but he does it in an incidental fashion. So it happens invisibly, and the, th- the thing that he really brought to genre fiction was the used future and the used world. The world that his characters are in is not new to them. They take it for granted, and you as the reader are forced to scramble and catch up. And so he lays this trail of breadcrumbs for you, where you always feel like you're right there with the character. And you always feel like you know the world as well as the characters do, even though you're just encountering it for the first time and they've lived in it the whole time. The first line of his first short story that was published was, The Door Dilated. And immediately that tells you you're in a world that is far enough in the future that the technology, the economy, and the expectations of the people in the world are vastly different, and it's such an offhanded remark that your point-of-view character just notices it as if the door opened. He doesn't then remark upon the particular iris functions of the door or the remarkable uh, effect that it has on you when it op- when an iris is open in front of you it just happens and he walks through and so it has an ordinariness to it that conveys much more than it says i think the trick to balancing these things and to getting a mix that works well because not the same mix is not going to work for every story like mm-hmm. we've seen with the authors we've just talked about The trick is making all three dependent on one another. Whichever one you're leading with, with, whichever one you're most comfortable with, the other two should proceed from it. You shouldn't be concentrating on the one you're comfortable with to the exclusion of the other things. You should be using it as a way to reveal the other things. Mm. So that would be my advice. What do you think about that?
1: I, I think... That you have said succinctly what I was trying to babble
0: around. Cool. Which is typical for us. (laughs) Not always. Not always. (laughs) Thinking of some of your marginal comments in Death Flight to Mars. (laughs) God, she's brutal, guys. You never want her to edit your books. She's fucking brutal. (laughs) Anyway, thank you very much for the question, Jr.